Okay, it's recording. Good morning, Faith Fellowship. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Okay, now, all my Zoom people, mute yourselves. <laughs> and all everybody that's in here, man, I'm so glad to be with you this morning and uh, glad to be able to share the word with you. I know you have your Bible, so be in Acts 7. You know that we still, still dealing with Brother Stephan and his message to the religious rulers. Um, it has been a challenging message probably to hear and consider, and he's not done yet. We're getting close, but today is something uh, particularly important. And so now our title this morning is Choices Matter. You know, we've had faith, we've had worship, we've had leadership, and now we're on choices. And it's because these things matter in terms of how the Lord is viewing them. Um, the indictment that he's making you know, in, in uh, verse 51, that they are stiff-necked, just implies that there has been a refusal and a resistance for years. And we're still there. And that's problematic, <laughs> right? Uh, to some degree that there is still this resistance on their part to just, man, see the Messiah for who he is and what he is and just to say, okay, I, yes, Lord, I'm just going to bow myself um, you know, before you. And so we have to consider that. So now we're still continuing that examination. We're looking at Israel's rulers, their heart rather, through its own history. You know, we've talked about Abraham. We've talked about Joseph. We talked about Moses. But now we're in this kind of a, a strange space Stephen is pointing out to the rulers that God has freed Israel from the bondage of Egypt and everything that that implies, right? Because the bondage of Egypt also would mean something else. It would also mean that you're out of a sinful nation. You're out of the oppression of a sinful nation. And now you are free to serve the Lord as he desires and whatever pleases him, correct? Like that is the viewpoint. The issue is that hasn't happened. In state, in little incremental ways, it has. But at the point where the Messiah is missed, we miss the boat, right? And so, well, that's a problem. So I want you to consider something. Our thesis this morning is this. There are no greater motivators for our choices than Jesus Christ. See, there has to be something behind what it is that we're going to look at. And we're going to read the text here. And we're following up right after what we ended in, in chapter, or excuse me, verse 40. And uh, let me get there for a second. Okay, so now let's start in verse 41. And we're only going to cover these, these three verses because, well, it's going to change up a little bit. We'll have something different uh, next week. <clears throat> but in verse 41, and actually we'll just... We'll just leave off or start up where we left off last week in talking about this, that last point that I was making to you about Moses and how it was the heart of the people to say, man, we want not what has happened to Moses. Moses is with God. You actually do want that. <laughs> and you didn't you didn't see that properly. You didn't view it properly. And so then what you end up doing on your own is now, well, what is mentioned here shamefully in verse 41, let's start in 40. Saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us, for as for this Moses which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. In verse 41. 
And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, how ye have offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness. Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. And so the thing that I want to put on you about these three verses in particular that are interesting to me is that one that they made, if you were underlining in your Bible or, you know, blue letter doesn't allow you to underline just a few words, it's the whole verse. It's stupid. It really drives me crazy. <laughs> but uh, if they made, okay, because it's, it's their choice. And then in verse 42, and then what does God do? He gave them up to worship. So he gave them up to worship. There is a choice that they're making there. And then in 43 it says, Yea, ye took up. Another choice. Poor choices. See, trusting God in this situation would have been easier had they not been so entrenched in Egypt in its ways. There's something about that. that we It makes sense now. And it should to you where the Bible is telling you to put off these things. Because when you bring those things into it, all they do is they just distract you from the, what the real mission is. So you have to put off the things that the Lord is like, man, be done with that. Don't bring that in because that is not going to allow you to prosper and move forward. And that is the thing that we absolutely have to consider. And so our first key point is this. Our provider is greater than the provision. It's interesting that they chose a calf. And a lot of times, I think some of us, in terms of provision, there are ways that God is giving you something, and then all of a sudden now that thing becomes the highlight of your life versus the Lord himself. See, in Psalm 106, 19, it says, They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. The Lord is making a statement about that, that it is foolish for you to make something. And guys, let me tell you, he, they made it out of earrings that they had. Something that could have been an embellishment, something that had been given, you know, as an offering to the Lord. This thing is hollow and has no value, just like the thing they created. It's really fascinating to me how we can kind of do the same thing. Now, we can get so jacked up on what it is that the Lord has given us. And then you miss, you lose sight of the fact that he's awesome. Because then when that thing maybe runs out or it expires or it ends or it leaves, now you take issue with the Lord. We don't want to be individuals that do that. It seems like Israel's up and down. Because remember now, they are literally a people and figuratively everybody. And so we have to pay attention to what they're doing. And so... Those individuals had this up and down roller coaster with the Lord. Here it was that you have just watched, I don't know, arguably the most fantastic time period is there leaving, right, Egypt. And now you are at a place where you, the, the Lord has called his servant up. Hey, let me talk to you. You're not, you're not waiting like, I can't wait to hear what it is that he, he's heard from the Lord to give us. No, I'm kind of, we're twiddling our thumbs like, man, let's make a calf. Let's make a God that is the thing that the Lord used to 
Get us out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Carry our burdens. I want to worship the thing that was carrying the stuff. It's ridiculous. Psalm 107.8 says this. Oh, that men will praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. See, I'm not talking about the kind of praise that is thankful in the moment, but I'm talking about the type of praise that is not only grateful, but it has an expectation behind it. Like in Isaiah 63, 7. See, this is a choice. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us. And the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindness. That is not losing sight of who provided. Because the thing is, is when I'm in a weird place like COVID, can I think about his loving goodness even in the midst of a pandemic? In the midst of social injustice? In the midst of maybe I'm, I'm losing loved ones? Right? Do I have the same kind of viewpoint of the Lord that says that he still is good in the midst of that? Or is it only if it works out because I've asked for the Lord to move in a particular way on their health or this situation or keep my job because guys, I've been on the side of that where I, now my expectation was the Lord owed me something because I was grateful. I showed some gratefulness. <laughs> that was a situation when I left Ironwork. <clears throat> we had prayed and asked about getting out of it. And I'm like making sure it was serene, like it's going to be okay. Okay, I'm going to leave. The next time that a job is offered me, I'm going to say no. And you guys remember she had, had surgery and she was recovering at home. And so we were both at home. And by this time, everything was fine. We were, you know, our unemployment kicked in. And so we were, we were making it uh, by the skin of our teeth. But we were making it. And um, I remember this point where I had peace about that. I sold my car in this time. And I had this thing that was just kind of like, man, God owes me the comfortability of having a job consistently until I got laid off. Then the anger started to build because really I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's not going to work out. And so I remember this morning of prayer that I had that was just, it was a prayer of anger, really, because I needed to set my heart right. And the Lord had gifts for me all the rest of the day that day. Again, this family was a part of that day. This family was a part of that the following day. Um, but I eventually, any needs that were created in my mind after I said this prayer and by the end of it, my heart was right and I'm asking the Lord for forgiveness and I'm sorry you don't owe me anything because you're good. I have, I have my salvation. I have my wife even. This, I'm okay. This is going to work out, right? And then checks roll in in order for me to take care of the things I need to take care of. And so it just, it was the kind of thing that I learned a valuable lesson, a lot of lessons. One about being too prideful to ask for help. But then the other just of don't ever think because the Lord is maybe on purpose in an allowance for a measurement of growth for you is allowing something difficult that somehow he owes it for it to work out in your favor. It's, listen, it's like I said in India, if I had died, would that have been okay? Absolutely. I mean, that's, a, that's, what, that's how you got to look at these situations. Man, you're going to pray according to his will, but you're aligning with his heart. You're not changing his mind about it. You're just aligning with his heart on the matter. And so, 
man, don't let the things that the Lord gives or doesn't give somehow change the way you see Him. He's good. Know that He's good. And just have an expectation, man, I know that God is good. And if nothing else, He's given me salvation and I am satisfied with that. We got to learn as, as His children to become satisfied with our, with our salvation. Our next key point is this. Our lot is greater than his subjects. It's interesting to me in verse 42, it says, Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. Man, that host is the heavenly host of the angels. The thing is, is those individuals are subject to him just like we are. So why now am I doing lateral worship? I can't do lateral worship of of any individual that is simply in the same spot that he is. See, the position that God holds is one that he holds by himself. And you shouldn't be wanting to, man, worship me or Sam or Kenny or Chris or any of our pastors. But simply, like I said last week, man, you follow their example. You learn from them. You see what it is they're doing. See, the thing that's kind of interesting about this is everybody loses sight of that. When that worship transforms and eventually the choices that you're making now to somehow give too much honor to an individual or in that case like these guys to the heavenly host that had provided protection, had provided direction, had instruction, man, that's fine. But guess who's sending the message? It's the God of above them, (laughs) you know. And so that is always the right viewpoint in order for us to have. And this is a thing I love. It's a great reminder. It's in Isaiah 43, 21. Listen to this. It says, this people have I formed for myself. See, the one thing in terms of you understanding that our Lord is greater than his subject is this. That anybody that is subject to him is their purpose should be fulfilled. Or excuse me, their life's goal, their purpose is to fulfill his purpose. That keeps us in the same place. That keeps me from not having a viewpoint that puts me lower than I need to be or higher than I need to be. It just puts me in the right spot. Man, I got to bow to the Lord. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise, but thou hast not called upon me. Is there a denial of the Lord sometimes because we do put men and women above ourselves? It's like the one viewpoint that sometimes we wrestle with. And it's something in a living faith family we don't want. Listen, we don't want to be the viewpoint that people may have of us. No, we want you to be in the same space as us. Right? So you follow the example, then you do the same thing, you get the same fruit. Why? Because God is very much interested in furthering his kingdom. That's why in humility we can be in these places and encourage them to move forward. So I'm saying to you, on the backside of individuals that are like... I. I'm too afraid to disciple somebody. Listen, man, you want the wrestling match that comes from you having to be in front of the Lord. Saying, I've, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. That's right. Praise the Lord. I do. (laughs) Right? And he will tell you what to do. He will tell you what to say. But you want that fruit. You want to move forward in D2. You want to move forward in LFBI. It is those kinds of choices that have to be made. Why? Because you are subject to a God higher than those you honor. Does that make sense? It's the thing that I, it's the thing that I have to learn. Faith Fellowship challenges me in that way all the time, right? 
Because it's super easy for me to look at men that have been doing the same thing I'm doing and have a title that is real since ours is imagined fellowship leader. You know, it's not nowhere in the Bible. We just made it up. But, but in terms of pastor, right? Like the thing is I could easily just worship Kenny and Chris and Brandon because I'm looking at them at this point of life that I'm meeting them and doing a role that I haven't, they, they've been doing for years. <laughs> right? And they would despise that if I did that. So the thing that I have to do is I have to meet my, my maker. Right? I can't solely just look at them. I have to say, okay, Lord, man, I appreciate these guys. Thank you. I love them. Okay, you tell me what to do. Because this is your class through my, through my eyes. Right? Man, and just owning that, guys, I'm telling you, it ain't easy. <laughs> I want to defer to, well, they have the answers. The Lord's like, you, you can get them. Do the work. You got me there. Maybe I didn't want to. You see what I'm saying? It's just easy to defer to somebody else. It's easy to give honor to something else, but the Lord is saying, be careful. I'm the one. Make sure you understand that whatever greatness that men and women may have is because I gave it to them. And you can have the same. And so, be careful of that. The rest of this in Isaiah, I want to read to you just because it's just interesting to me reading this. And in verse 22, we'll go back there. It says, but thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of thy burnt offering, neither hast thou honored me with thy sacrifices. I have not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor weary thee with incense. Thou hast bought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices. But thou hast made me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am that that blotteth out the transgression for mine own sake. Man, I love that. Who can do that? Only, only God can do that. And will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Why does he have to tell us that? Because we forget him. That's why. See, Israel had gotten themselves so worked up. Right? And everything that they were doing. And all the, the show. The idea of what kind of uh, state that they would have in the rest of the world. Man, they got, they got the show down. But they're missing the heart. And so the Lord is just saying, like, what, what are your choices? Because right now, you're choosing in your heart. They're already, like, kind of, when Stephen is done talking, we are going to kill this guy. <laughs> right? In a little bit, some of them are probably not even wanting to wait. Let's end this nonsense that he's saying so we can kill him now. That's your heart position? You are the beacon of the world. The beacon that says the name of the Lord is here. Man, I, it's just a lot to consider there. And so put me in remembrance. Man, can we put the Lord in remembrance this morning? Can we just start there and just say, Lord, I, okay, I'm in. Whatever it is, you know the Lord is calling you to something. Man, I don't know what it is. You know we don't play that around here. We don't name it and claim it. We're not getting rags out and oils and all, you know. We just, you got opportunity. Discipleship, start there, right? Disciple people. <laughs> How about that? That's challenging. 
There's a ton of us, even though we have a church full of individuals that like doing it, there's some that are still sitting on the bench scared to do it. Scared, but not afraid of the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord will motivate you to move forward. So I'm just saying, put in in remembrance. When you're thinking about saying no, put in, in remembrance. Let that be the thing that motivates that decision. Our last key point this morning is our God is greater than any God. Obviously, we know that. But you have to understand something that's being mentioned here. And in verse 43, it says, Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Remphram, figures which which ye made to worship them. And I will carry you away beyond Babylon. See, let's go. 2 Kings 17.6. Let's read. It's kind of long. But I want you to see something. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hala in the harbor by the river of Gozan and in the cities of the Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and had feared other gods. And listen, verse 8, and walked in the statutes of the heathen whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. See, I'm going to just pause here for a second. One thing that's kind of interesting to me, just because this certain things uh, may look like it's working for the world, you don't need to adopt that, Christian. The Lord has already told you what to do. Why don't you just do what he told you to do? Don't worry about the prosperity of what the lost world has and the gods they serve, and the endeavors that they get themselves involved in. God has given you something in terms of furthering his kingdom that is the greatest endeavor any human being could possibly have and be a part of. So I best be about the business of my father's business of furthering his kingdom. That is the only thing that I need to be focused on. Anything else, I'm just making up another God that I have crafted. Boy, I love what the Lord says. I didn't get it in the slide there, um, but, but write, it, um, write this down in Deuteronomy 5.8. And the Lord just says straight up, Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or what is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Do not bow down or serve anything but the Lord. Christian, be the beacon that the Lord is calling you to be. See, if I get my lines crossed and I start looking like the world and now I don't have the light, it's like I took the flashlight and just did this. There's no light coming from me. Or maybe it's coming through like this, and now I'm just going to make puppet animals or whatever. That's pointless. That's not what God wanted me to do with his light. His light should be something that is shining, that one shines a path. And so I have to get rid of these other gods that I may have in my life. Something else that I may have created or some other man has created. Man, they don't have any breath. (laughs) They don't even live. They're dumb idols. What are those things that perhaps has a hold of your heart, your attention? Man, there's a lot of weird doctrine coming out right now. 
It just seems like um, every year we just get new, like, weird versions of Christianity. Just get people off because people don't read their Bible, so it, it draws them away. And sometimes people are enticed by that for whatever reason. Because perhaps there's friends that are a part of it. Or what. Man, listen, I will, I will abandon anybody that I have to abandon in order to make sure that my focus stays on what it is that the Lord has told me. Man, what I understand is truth in His Word. I can't abandon that. Man, I am undone. If I, if I leave that, who am I? Essentially, the Lord says that He's my life. So if I leave that, what, where's my life? You see what I'm saying? There's a lot at risk. This is why the Lord does not take it lightly when you just give yourself and bow yourself to serve something lesser than He is. Man, I can't do that. Israel was guilty of doing that. And the same heart position to do that, unfortunately, still exists in any of us. Because, well, you know, we have a sin nature. That's why the Lord has to bring it up. From time to time, we're going through this. It's taking forever for us to get through Stephan's message. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at him like, Next week ain't gonna be. I'm mean, gonna get kicked in the face next week too. I mean, just, praise the Lord. That's what's gotta happen. Cause man, I'm telling you, all the stuff. If you just, it's interesting what my life feels like when I don't turn the news on, and then when I turn the news on after, I'm like, you can be anxious, you can be angry, you can be sad, you can be any everything, right? And it's not like. I'm, I, I want to be invisible to that, but what I don't want it to do is to sway me to now champion and pick their flags up. Man, I got, my hands are full. I have a flag to carry. That's the one I need to keep carrying. And so, guys, we don't want to be guilty of the thing that is being said by Stephen about Israel's heart. Man, you've made poor choices, historically. For thousands of years, right? Like, this is, it's problematic. And you have these waves and Moses. And I don't, listen, I want to be one of the guys like the Moses, like the Josephs, like the Abraham. Somebody that the Lord is like, this is like, on a timeline, the Lord is like, this is a slash on the timeline. Abraham slash. Joseph slash. Moses slash. Joshua slash. It's like real short. It's like this. The slash and then there's judges right but like we have the opportunity to do that we need to look at our choices you need to be motivated by the by Jesus love for you and his holiness are those things really guiding what it is that you decide on a day-to-day basis I mean honestly you know we have husbands and wives in here we have parents in here we have workers and employers And with that, I'm saying that essentially what you need to do is put the Lord in your own remembrance so that you can be considering his love for you and his holiness so that it guides what it is that you're deciding by the moment. See, the thing is, is I was telling Serene, you know, this kind of watch analogy. I was looking at, you know, just at a clock. And our lives are kind of like uh, kind of like that. You know, if you think about a clock, you have a second hand, 
you have the minute hand, and then you know that you have hour markers, right? And essentially, all these little decisions where you don't consider the Lord, those are all second-hand decisions. And, when you, and if you do, you can feel that. You know, that might be like, man, I, I got saved, and then I signed up, you know, for discipleship. Now I'm being discipled. I'm in a Bible study, and it's like, you just, that keeps going. But the thing is, is that leads up to the minutes of your life, right? Like, there's some, it's the next minute. And what is that? There's some new thing. Maybe now you are, it's D2, and you're talking about leading somebody in what the Word of God says and teaching them that, right? But then there's these times where it's the hour, and that takes forever. It's a lot of seconds, right? More of those minutes to that. And those big markers, maybe it is that you're going to trust God for help. You're going to plant a church. You're going to go on a mission trip. You're going to be a missionary. Something, something that really moves the needle. But because you're not paying attention to the seconds, man, that big hour, the hour never comes for you. Because you're not paying attention to the seconds. Man, make the little choices matter now. Be a part what it is that God is doing so that you can have these big sweeping steps where you can say, man, look at what God did and he moved my life in this way. And it is drastically different than it was a year ago. God help us if last year looked like this year. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? And so and I just pray that, that you consider, you know, what it is that God is saying it's, it's second hand time the Lord is very much interested in the little steps because the big thing is going to happen right? and so I just pray that that blesses your heart this morning it does mine, hold me accountable to it man, I, am, I haven't arrived <laughs> okay and so today this morning did not start well but praise God we here and it's all good right, and I love y'all let's pray Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you uh, just for today and uh, your word and, Lord, your people. Lord, I am encouraged by all of them, but mostly we are encouraged by what you have done. Lord, thank you just for your high calling. And thank you for the word of God that gives us the instruction, the love, um, the guidance that is so necessary. And, Lord, the Holy Spirit to perform it. Praise the Lord for that. Lord, would you be with us that we would just look at these little, these little choices that we can make that, that consider you. Father, help us to do that consistently, faithfully. And uh, yeah, Lord, just get us where you want us to be in your time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.